Morning, everyone. Welcome to God's House for Worship today. The gospel is just the most incredible gift God can give. And he does through the word. But that gospel gift that he gives leads us to see all the other gifts he gives us too and to say, I want to use those to serve the Lord. And I want to be faithful with them. We'll see that in our readings coming up. Order of service is found in your worship folder at this time. Let's begin with our opening hymn, hymn 748. stand. O Lord, open my lips. Hasten to save me, O God. Praise be to the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us worship him.
God Almighty, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may always look forward to the end of this present evil age and the day of your righteous judgment. Keep us steadfast and true in living faith and present us at last holy and blameless before you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. First lesson is from Isaiah chapter 1. You, you can't serve God faithfully at all, in any way, apart from the gospel. Without the gospel, God isn't pleased with anything. With the gospel, God loves you and what you do. And now, hear this from this Isaiah Old Testament lesson. The people weren't repenting. The people's hearts had grown distant. <clears throat> oh, they were doing and doing and doing lots of things, and God didn't like any of it. Repentance and faith is what God loves, and then he loves what you do. You read, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They've become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. The word of the Lord. Continue with Psalm 128.
second lesson is from Romans 12, and there's a big difference between the last one we read and now this one, and it's in the very first line, where, where the Apostle Paul says, in view of God's mercy, and he's really recounting the last number of chapters of Romans, in light of all of this grace of God and the mercy he's poured out in the gospel from Jesus Christ, and then he's going to lead us. Use your gifts to honor Jesus in the body of Christ. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the, all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The sermon is based on this section of scripture from Matthew 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the, in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Please be seated for the service.
the name of your master, in the name of Jesus, dear brothers and sisters. There are a lot of people who claim to trust Jesus. And we're among them. But on the basis of today's lesson, we need to turn that question around. Can your master, can Jesus, trust you? Can he trust you with many things? Can he trust you to share his master's own happiness with you? And what he's looking for to determine that is this little box called faithful. At the end of your life, will that box be checked? Are you faithful? And he's not looking for you to just go like this. He's not looking for us to audibly answer today, say, yes, I'm faithful. He's looking for the evidence from your own life that will speak for itself. And in order to look at that evidence, he, he, he's not somebody who understands Microsoft Excel or whatever, and he's going to take a little snippet of data. He's not going to look at one day of your life. He's not going to look at two days of your life. He's not going to look at one week of your life. He's not going to take two months of your life to determine this faithfulness checkbox He's going to give it a lot of time and look at the whole thing. The lesson says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. You know, it takes a lot of trust for parents to hand over to their child who gets their driver's license keys to the car. It takes a lot of trust for parents, in a manner of speaking, to hand the keys of the house to the college students on spring break, knowing mom and dad are going to be gone themselves from home for that entire week, not knowing what is going to happen there. Maybe even from a different perspective, it takes a lot of trust for a parent to place that cookie or that dessert right in front of the two-year-old and it's not quite time to enjoy that dessert yet and yet you have stuff to go do in the other room and so you turn your back on your two-year-old and you walk out of the room. It takes a lot of trust for those things, doesn't it? But none of them compare to the trust that Jesus has given. He's given you the kingdom. He's given you the kingdom of his gospel. He's given you everything in Jesus Christ. In fact, it's this gospel that's made us his servants in the first place, brought you into the kingdom and, and brought you into his family, that, that he's having this discussion with you in the first place. What Jesus has entrusted to you just by the gospel itself is incredible. And now in the context of the lesson... The master has given you something, that's Jesus, and he's not turning his back in a manner of speaking. He's not just walking into the room next to the one we're in. He's leaving for a long time. He's going away. He's finished his work of salvation. 
He's accomplished everything that he came to earth to do. He's lived his holy life. He's died on the cross. He's raised from the dead. And so all of this parable during Holy Week is anticipating this. And so he's recognizing, I'm about to ascend into heaven very, very shortly. I'm going away for a long time. My work here is done. But I'm handing this off to you. And I'm going to give it a long time. That time that Jesus is gone will directly test your faithfulness. That is the entire point of this. What are you going to do during his absence? Is it party time? Are you going to miss out a lot on church and Bible study? Because it's like he's not looking. With his eyes seemingly off of you, are you going to take your eyes off of him and so that you get to indulge like that two-year-old in every kind of sinful desire that the world presents to you in this time that it looks like he's gone? This time that he's absent, it's going to test your faithfulness to say when you were nodding your head before, when you were ready to say something out loud, yes, Lord, I'm faithful to you. Did you mean it? This time that he is absent before our eyes, even though, yes, he's here in an omnipresent kind of way, will directly test your faithfulness to him and to the gospel. And the only way to see that is to give it a long amount of time. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's giving it a long amount of time. And yet he doesn't just gift you the gospel while he's gone. He gifts you all kinds of other things way, way, way beyond the gospel. And so in this parable, he talks about giving gifts of gold. The NIV translates it bags of gold. And so he gifts five to one. He gifts two to another. He gifts one to another. Now, I need to just upgrade a little bit this, this bags of gold concept from the parable. Because the actual Greek word is talent. He gave to one five talents. He gave to another two talents. He gave to the last one one talent. Back in Jesus' day, a talent was a monetary unit. In the NIV, just makes it bags of gold. But a talent was worth 75 pounds of gold. The equivalent of a talent would be worth 20 years worth of your salary. And he gave five of those to one guy. A hundred years worth of salary. He gave two of those to another guy. Forty years worth of salary. He gave the last one one. That's still 20 years of salary. That's an enormous amount. And it pictures all of the things God gives to us way beyond the gospel. It pictures to us all of the stuff we have that God gives way beyond our daily bread. It's worth its weight in gold, isn't it? And now you notice he gives five and two and one. He gives them differently. He distributes these generous gifts. He doesn't owe us a thing. He gives to us these gifts in different proportions, and each one is still in line with our ability. And what's his point by saying that? That whatever he gives to us graciously, way beyond the gospel, he still expects us to be faithful. 
If you're the one with five, it doesn't mean you've got a lot of slush funds there that that you can waste a bunch. Uh Uh-uh. He expects faithfulness. To the one who has two, he expects faithfulness. To the one who has one or less, you can't say, well, I wasn't gifted as much as that next person, so I I get to waste whatever. Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't matter how much or how little he gives, he's looking for faithfulness across the board. Faithful management. Spiritual oversight for whatever is in your possession. Husbands and wives, are you faithfully managing your marriage? Are you faithfully overseeing those children that God... They are tremendous gifts. Are you raising them spiritually the way the Lord Jesus desires you according to the word? Single people, you're still involved in this too. Are you managing your singleness in line with the word and being faithful to the Lord? Hey, children, are you doing your homework properly? that honors your parents. And teenagers, are you listening to your mothers and fathers regardless if you think you know better, and I know you think you do? Are you serving your employer if you have one? And looking at your employer, whether you agree with your boss or not, are you trying to serve your employer the way you would serve the Lord? Your house, your property, your cabins, your boats, all of the other stuff that God has given to us, all of this is included. Are you managing and overseeing everything, not just in a good, proper way, but are you managing this to the glory of God in a way that says, I want to further the kingdom of God here on earth. I want his name to be glorified because when Jesus returns, he's going to look at all of it. Nothing is out of bounds. And that's what he does in this parable. It says, after a long time, the master returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And the second one did the same thing, the man with two talents. And notice their attitude is joyful. This is a delight for them. Yes, they recognize it's a master-servant relationship, but they're not afraid. There's a tremendous appreciation here. And he says, look, the five you entrusted me with. He recognizes those five talents or those two talents were a gift. And the master trusted him with these things. And so he's not saying, look what I did. I got five more. Look what I did. I got two more. In the Greek language, the word I, it's not emphatic. He's basically saying, master, I listened to you. I I took your words to heart. I recognize the gift that you've given me with the five or the two. And and I followed your directions. I put it to work. And you know what? Your word was true. It produced. It brought results. And here are the results. And I want to give you all the thanks and praise. Because it belongs to you. You see, the gospel bears fruit in our life. That's what it does when you put it to work. And when you put it to work with all these other things God has given you, you're going to see tremendous results. And all the credit goes to the Lord. Uh, The third guy tried a very different tact. It says, Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, Here is what belongs to you. The word hard here pictures somebody who's not flexible. 
It pictures a, a stick that's all dried up and aged and old, and it just doesn't bend at all. And then you reap where you haven't sown or where you haven't scattered. He's basically saying, you're a bully. You put these first two workers to work, and now you're back, and you're taking their profits? They're the ones who did all the work. They should get the reward of those extra things that they made with their labor. But here you are, you bully of a master. You're the one who didn't scatter here. And now you're that, that shrewd businessman who's just capitalizing on everybody else and killing the little guy. So I, I knew this about you and I took that talent and I dug a hole in the ground and I stuck it there. The problem with this guy is not just that he did a little with his talent. He did nothing with it. And so the master responds, you wicked, lazy servant. And if you read through his response again, notice he doesn't even dignify, I knew you're a hard master. He doesn't even dignify the jabs with a defense because this, this wicked servant has no defense. He knew better and he should have done better. You see, while faith in Jesus alone saves, and as Lutherans we know that, trust in Jesus for your salvation and that saves. Whether it's a little or a lot of faith, you're going to heaven through faith in Jesus. That's how it works. But faith in Jesus is never alone. It's always producing. It leads us to want to serve. It leads us to want to honor him. And while the, while the results of our service are, are neat and visible and evident, those results never save us because faith in Jesus alone saves. But faith in Jesus is never alone because it's always producing results. This man did nothing. He showed he despised the gospel by showing no results in his life. And so the master rightfully responds, you wicked, lazy servant, you wicked, you have just completely defiled the entire trust I had in you. I can't trust you now with a little stuff. How can I trust you with a lot of stuff? And then the clincher, he calls him lazy. This is a clincher for me. I know Lutherans don't talk about um, the seven deadly sins in and of itself because every sin is deadly in its own way. But historically, this word for lazy is one of the seven deadly sins. It means wasteful. It, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like, I'll use my age, the 46-year-old who won't apply for a job, who sits in his pajamas all day and plays video games and wastes his life. You've got gifts. Put them to work. Do something. And this guy didn't. He had the opportunity, he had the talent, and he did nothing with it and completely wasted it. Uh, one of my co-pastors in ministry about 16 years ago sent me a song, and it was a really melancholy, somber song. But the refrain was, you wasted life. I don't think he was saying this to me, but it was, it's, you wasted life. Why wouldn't you waste death? It just hit me. What, what a... What a strange but interesting way to see it. And it fits here. For somebody who wastes grace, who wastes the gospel, who wastes the, even the extra gifts God gives in life, what a waste of life. That person's also going to be a waste in death. 
throw that worthless servant outside. That's a picture of hell. And there's no coming back from that. The theme of today's sermon is not, are you perfect? And for good reason, because nobody in here can be. The theme of today's sermon is, are you faithful? Is that box checked? And as you're considering all of the things you have, as you're considering all of the relationships you have, all the extras, all the talents God has given to you, it's not necessarily a sermon on, are you faithfully perfect, if you will, with all of that stuff. The point of the theme today is, are you faithful to the gospel? Are you going back to the gospel? Because there in the gospel is somebody who was and is and always will be perfect for you and faithful to you. In this gospel is the one who died on the cross and stands over all of your sin, forgiving all of it every single day of your life. In fact, his golden life, worth way more than 75 pounds of gold. And it's worth way more than 20 years worth of salary. That perfect, faithful life of Jesus Christ fits every year of your life and covers over it in every single way. That's the strength of the gospel. And in Christ, that's where we find strength to serve, zeal to strive, and joy to stand before our master, our Lord Jesus, on that last day without fear. Because as he looks at us, and we know what he's looking for, we know he's looking for, are you faithful? And even more, can I trust you? By the power of this gospel, he's going to see all the evidence of his work in our life. After all, that third guy got it really wrong. By giving us the gospel, it's Jesus who has scattered seed here. It's Jesus who's planted us in him. It's Jesus who's strengthened us for him to serve him every day of our life. It's Jesus who's forgiven our sins. And so the answer to that is, can he trust you? By this gospel, he does. And on the last day when you stand before him, you're going to hear the words come straight from his mouth. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. You were faithful with just a few things that I gave you on earth. Come enjoy many things. And come and share your master's happiness. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God, which surpasses our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Please be seated. In the morning, O Lord, I call to you. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. God, you are wise and powerful, good and gracious. Your mercies are new every morning. Each day you open your hand and provide for the needs of your children on earth. We praise you for every grace and us. Strengthen your church in all the world. Let your comforting message of salvation in Christ Jesus be proclaimed to troubled souls everywhere. We bring you our requests for the various structures of our society, lesser national, state, and local governments. Grant us civil service who are worthy of honor and respect. Grant prosperity to our businesses and industries. Give employers a sense of fairness toward their workers and employees a feeling of joy and pride in their workmanship. Invigorate the schools of our land. Give success to every effort that helps students read, think, and communicate in ways that will promote an informed and responsible citizenry. Arouse curious minds to discover the wonders of your created order. Give us excellence. Strengthen the families of our country. Give fathers and mothers a renewed commitment to be good parents. Give children and young people the wisdom to regard their parents as your representatives. Lord Jesus, while a talent around your time was 75 pounds of gold worth 20 years of work, we'll measure it a little differently this morning. For Dave and Patty Wehrman, it's 50 years of marriage that they celebrate on November 24th, and for them, it's worth its weight in gold. Thank you for blessing this couple all their years together and for being their strength and their support all along the way. Give them a wonderful anniversary and many more years to come. Hear us, Lord, as we now bring you our private petition. Gracious Father, we pray boldly as Jesus taught, with the confidence that you will hear and with the faith that you will respond for our welfare. And we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to this new day. Defend us with your mighty power and grant that this day we neither fall into sin nor run into any kind of danger. And in all we do, direct us to what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Let us praise the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
morning, everyone. Welcome to all of you and welcome to our guests and visitors. Please come worship with us again. We have a few announcements for you today. Just down the hall after this, uh, about 9.15, 9.20, we're going to have our next uh, edition of the Revelation Bible Study. Mr. C is leading class today. We're going to look at chapter 14 of Revelation. No youth group Bible study today. Mike Leahy was uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. He sent an email today, so you can jump in on the adult Bible study if you'd like in the harvest room. Then there have been a few divine calls extended. Um, Noah Panzer is a teacher at Trinity Keel, but his wife Emily teaches here in our 4K, and Noah received a call to Northland High School, that's in the Wausau area, uh, to teach up there, and um, I, I don't know all the dynamics of his call and the specifications, but that obviously would impact Emily. The, that call of his was announced at Trinity Keel this Thursday, so uh, that is public, but... Uh, Please keep the Panzers in your prayers as they deliberate that. And then uh, our teacher, Andy Dice, he teaches fifth and sixth grades here. He received a call to Hortonville, uh, so just west of here, and that would be for teaching seventh and eighth grades as well as athletic director. So please keep the Dice family in your prayers as well. Then uh, Thanksgiving services coming up this week, Wednesday. We have a, a service at 6.30 p.m., and then we have a Thursday morning Thanksgiving Day service, and that's at 9 a.m. Um, and the offices uh, will be closed Wednesday, I should say, through the rest of the week as well. And then we have this month's edition of our Wells Connection. Hi, I'm Wells President Mark Schrader. The most common way that teachers in our Lutheran schools are educated and prepared for the ministry is a four or five year degree from Martin Luther College soon after high school. But for returning adult learners who have an interest in teaching in our Wells schools, Martin Luther College will soon be providing an additional exciting option. Make sure you read all the directions and label your first circle. Jenny Shaw teaches sixth grade at Bethlehem Lutheran School, but that hasn't always been the case. I had a previous career. I was a, a dietitian for about 10 years, and I just realized after the first, after, after a few years that it just, something was missing, and it just wasn't the career that I wanted to have for the rest of my adult life. They have like one bigger gap. The other ones might have smaller gaps in between them. Teaching, especially at a Lutheran elementary school like the one that she grew up in, was always something that she had interest in doing, but did not pursue it after high school. I thank you, my Heavenly Father. For me, teaching is intertwined with teaching in a well school. I, I couldn't imagine teaching without God's Word being a part of it. So I went to MLC's website um, and kind of realized that to be a teacher through MLC, I would basically have to move to New Ulm for four years, which just wasn't going to be realistic for me as an adult with payments and all kinds of financial stuff to do. Jenny was able to find a different route in obtaining a teaching degree, license, and eventually ministry certification to teach in a Wells school. But for returning adult learners who already have a degree, like Jenny, Martin Luther College will soon be offering an alternative route to becoming a teacher that does not require relocation to New Ulm, Minnesota. It's called the Competency-Based Online Non-Traditional Education Program. 
Currently at MLC, we primarily offer a face-to-face -face experience for traditional college-age students who are graduating from high school and coming right to MLC to pursue their, their path into the public ministry. The competency-based model, however, is designed specifically for returning adult learners or those who already have an associate's degree or bachelor's degree. And they've decided that they want to become a Wells teacher. And this is a pathway for them to complete the courses that are required to become a licensed teacher and be able to have their own classroom and be their own teacher in their own classroom. What do we do if it's greater than level two? Our Synod already has one way for non-MLC graduates to become Wells teachers. The Synod Certification Program allows people who already have a teaching degree to be certified to teach in Wells schools. The new competency-based education program is meant for adults who do not yet have a teaching degree. This new option is not meant to replace the current traditional program or the teacher certification program. It's intended to supplement those programs and provide a new source of teachers. I've been on campus for several months now and I would not dream of taking that away. Right? It is a wonderful opportunity for those who are able to come to MLC and spend the time here. It is truly transformational on so many, in so many different ways. However, with the teacher shortage that our Synod is experiencing, this additional option of preparing more workers for the harvest field is an important one. We want to portray ourselves as being a stable school with teachers who want to be here, and they do, and they do want to be here, but when they're constantly getting calls and are considering other places to serve, that's a blessing, but it also can be destabilizing for an elementary school. It isn't just Jenny Shaw admits that she is not one to make big decisions or take risks easily, such as changing careers. However, she's confident that her transition into teaching was all part of God's plan. It always felt right. He was guiding me where he wanted to put me, um, so I never really doubted that it was, that it was all going to work out great, and it did. It's kind of everything I dreamed it would be when I decided to go back to school Adults who already have a degree, who are interested in the non-traditional education program at Martin Luther College, are encouraged to learn more about this new opportunity at mlc-wells.edu. Now that's already outdated. Uh, they use CBE here for competency-based education. At our last governing board meeting, they just updated it to Apple. They're calling it APPLE. Uh, alternate pathways program for licensure or something, like for education, something like that. But uh, So they've already updated the terminology, but you'll see more about that, I'm sure, coming out in uh, months ahead. Any other announcements for today or for the week ahead? Please greet one another. God's blessings to all of you. Dave and Patty, exciting week for you. Happy 50th, and God's blessings, everyone.